Oh, wait, hold on. How old were you? 14. 14, she's teaching you how to snort caffeine pills so you could clean the house faster. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got it. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Sanagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. For anyone out there that would like to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Our email is oplpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us your story and we'll get back to you. Yeah, and a quick thank you to all the patrons over at patreon.com slash OPL show. Uh, as you know, we use our Patreon to make donations to charities, organizations, sometimes previous guests. So actually yesterday, as of recording this, we just made a $500 donation to the organization of a previous guest from the episode uh, I sent my own dad to prison. So always really cool that uh, we're able to support you know, guests, charities, things that are related to some of the episodes that we do. So if you want to support the show and if you want your Patreon donation to uh, go towards these charitable ventures that the show does, you can head over to patreon.com slash OPL show. So let's get into today's episode. A woman reached out to us uh, and she wants to talk about her experience growing up in an extreme hoarder environment. Uh, she said that her parents hoarded everything from items to garbage to cats, dogs. Uh, the subject line of her email was, I grew up in a level five hoard, just to indicate how extreme this level of hoarding was. So we're going to talk to her about her journey, how it affected her, how she was able to escape that as well. So as always, we've got the guest on the line and thanks so much for being on today. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to raise awareness about something that's just not talked about nearly enough. Yeah, that's a good point to kick it off too. I think I've really only seen hoarding covered, I think on, you know, sort of like a TLC type of vibe, like, hey, look how crazy these people are for keeping all this stuff in their house. But you don't really hear about, I think the effects, especially the effects on children of maybe parents who were hoarders. So we're excited to have this conversation too. And just to kick it off, can you sort of just define what hoarding is in general? Um, yeah. So hoarding in general is just, um, there's many different types. There's like, they call it collection hoarding where it's specific items, um, shopaholic hoarding, um, animals. There's many different types. Um, I, they go through from levels one to five, I grew up in a level five. Um, that's the most severe form. Obviously, there were completely unusable rooms, um, fire hazards. There were blocked exits, um, literally pathways to get from room to room. Um, we had many cats and dogs. So I, we definitely had it probably the worst you would see on an episode of Hoarders. And it was this like for as long as you can remember, you grew up in a house where there was just stuff everywhere. Yes. Yes. There, I don't remember a time where my house was normal. Um, and I actually up until very recently thought that I played a big part in that. I thought having kids made it hard for them, but I found out that they were hoarders before my sister and I were even born. Do they like admit to being that or they're just like, no, we just like need these stuff. This is important. Um, so they became very secluded. We met family members at the door. We met people at the driveway. Um, 
a lot of people knew just because it's like a small town, the horde, it overflowed to outside. Um, our house, the general area smelled, we smelled our clothes, um, but it was nothing that anybody ever really talked about, um, including my family and my parents. Um, we don't talk anymore, but to this day, they'll tell you I had a perfect childhood. Huh. That's interesting. So you kind of alluded to, I guess, what your home looked like, but can you go in a little more detail to really paint a picture for us? Like when you say cats and dogs, like if, if we were to enter your parents' home during your childhood, how many dogs, how many cats, what are some of the items that we would see? How much space were these things really taking up? Um, so at the peak, we had 23 cats and four dogs. Um, one of them was locked in the kitchen. Um, they had a big piece of wood uh, across the doorway and um, nailed into it. And he was solely in the kitchen, um, never even let outside. Um, so you can imagine how gross the floor was where he walked and went to the bathroom and it kind of like got caked down. Um, it was extremely unsanitary. Um, as soon as you walked in the house, there were piles of garbage bags um, because they stopped paying the garbage company to come at some point. Um, there were there was a pathway to walk to your left into the living room. Um, there were always mountains of like beer cans um, behind the couch. They had multiple gallon bottles of whiskey, um, mainly just garbage that you could have stood up and went and thrown away. Um, it was all over the floors. There was dirty laundry everywhere, cat feces, um, flies. So many flies when you walked in the house. That was probably flies? the thing. Yeah, like house flies. Um, we would have to put pieces of mail over our cups or our um, cans of drinks because if you didn't within like a minute, they would be drowning in them, the flies. Wow. And yeah, like... I guess growing up, like, were you ever at one of your friends' house and been like, oh, this place is very different than my home? Um, I don't remember thinking that a lot when I was little. Um, probably around, like, 12-ish is when it started to really hit that um, other people's parents were so much different and their lives were different. And I really clung to that. Um, I tried to spend as much time just with anybody else out, outside of my house. Um, I did my best to avoid it. So that's when I really started to pick up on the fact that like nobody lives like that. Yeah. Do you, do you know about how old you were when you had that realization? Um, yeah, I think it was probably around 12 ish. And then by the time I was 14 is when I really started like constantly, I would want to stay at my friend's houses for five days at a time, like that type of stuff. I had luckily friends whose parents, basically took me in most of the time to keep me away from that situation. But, um, I didn't actually get away till I was almost 18. Wow. I, do you, was there a point early on where you brought this up to your parents? Because this, this is interesting. And I was sort of expecting the hoarding to be related. And I don't know why I was expecting this, but for it to almost be related to things that held, you know, some sentimental value or like, Oh, I just have to collect these things. And I know it's piling up, but this is straight up garbage, trash, beer cans, flies, cat and 
dog feces. Like what did you ever say to your parents? Like this, this isn't safe. This isn't sanitary. Like what are we doing here? And why didn't it bother your parents? Um, you know, that's a good question. I never really brought it up too much to them, I guess, until I got my first boyfriend and he wanted to come visit and like meet them and stuff. And that's when it got awkward and it it became obvious that I was unhappy with it. But um, we never really talked about it a ton. And it was by that point uncleanable completely there's there's no way they actually moved out of that house um left it like that and it had to be gutted and remodeled so there was no fixing it at that point in time and i mean i'm just like thinking like how did you guys like what did you guys eat like i'm assuming you know if there's flies in the house then like silverware plates like is there dishes being done or are people showering so i tried my best the animals would use the the bathtub a lot as a litter box essentially um so that was pretty rough because we would like as kids just have to clean it to get a shower um i used to have to climb over that makeshift gate um in the kitchen to wash my own silverware or plates um there were many times I like would accidentally drink spoiled milk or would go to dump out something from the pantry to make cereal or something. And there would be maggots everywhere. Um, and like they were overall neglectful other than that. So there would be times that they would just leave like chicken in the oven overnight and the next day heat it up and feed it to us again. Oh my. So that's what I'm interested in here too. Like so hoarding, especially at that level, like you said, level five, like, so hoarding is a disorder, right? It's a, com- like a compulsion. It's something that I guess for the person who is hoarding, just the level of difficulty to get rid of things that are piling up. But this seems to also be crossing over into, like you said, neglect, or is there an element of almost abuse or child abuse like when you are that neglectful and when it's not safe and sanitary um I definitely would say yes that's the thing that confuses me the most is that um every other form of hoarding seems not rational but like like it makes sense why it I there's nothing that makes sense about just never throwing garbage away and letting your small kids grow up like that um Yeah, the level of like how extreme that gets where you are not letting go of anything. It's not even just like prized possessions anymore. It's you are literally hoarding almost every single item that like you cross paths with in your life. Yeah, and it. I don't know. I wish I knew like how something like that would get started. I do know that the garbage got a lot worse when they stopped obviously paying to have the garbage company pick things up. Um... So then it just kind of piled up everywhere. But it was really bad before that even. And I just don't understand, like, even if you go two weeks in, like, a depression slump, you can still clean after that. I can't Mm. fathom how it ended up just that bad. Like, literally piles. We used to call it climbing the mountains. And it was a game we played where we just scaled the trash to the top. (laughs) Did you ever get sick as a child because of this? Um, yes. So, um, I actually repressed this memory for a long time until therapy recently, but I 
got um, intestinal worms from from the cat feces everywhere um, for probably from the time I was eight until about 11. Um, we never even got our regular wellness checkups. They never took us to doctors unless we were very sick. Um, so there was neglect in, in many forms. Wow. And I mean, the hoarding, was it, were they against throwing things out or was it just like a laziness of like, we're just going to put this right here? Or were they like, if you tried to throw something out, they'd be like, no, no, don't do that. Um, no. So they were actually, they tried very hard to make my sister and I clean on a regular basis. Um, actually when I was 14, my mom told me I wasn't cleaning fast enough and taught me how to, um, snort caffeine pills to help me clean faster. Um, so they were fine with things being thrown away. They just didn't want to do it. You, you, she was, oh wait, hold on. How old were you? 14. 14, she's teaching you how to snort caffeine pills so you could clean the house faster. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got it. That's also, like, the craziest form of, like, gaslighting, too. Like, hey, here's how to clean. You're not cleaning enough, but they're literally just letting things stockpile all over the house. Which, so it's an impossible task, essentially. Yeah, and my mom, um, she went to New Mexico for 10 days when I was probably about five and when she came back, I her story was always that while she was gone, my dad didn't clean, and that's why the house was that way. Which now that I'm older, that makes zero sense. But for the longest time, I thought it was our fault for not taking care of the place for 10 days while she was gone. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, from what it sounds like, I don't know if I could even achieve that in 10 days. It sounds like, no. yeah. Uh, yeah. And what about the animals? Like how, you know, if there's like all this neglect going on for, you know, human beings, like what's, what's going on with the animals? Like who's feeding them and are they being bathed at all? Like, did they have fleas or something like that? Um, so yeah, they were also severely, severely neglected. Um, I have a strong theory that um, the animal hoarding is tied into my mother's narcissistic personality disorder. Um, I think it kind of made her feel like a hero. Um, and it's, it's lives that can't complain. Um, they just seem thankful when you do do something for them, you know. Um, fleas were definitely the worst problem. I remember they were always in our basement and I would take those big cans of flea spray and drench my legs in them so I could run downstairs and not get bit. And when I would come back up, it literally looked like black freckles all over my legs. I was literally spraying chemicals on my tiny child body to not get covered in fleas. That sounds like a nightmare, to be honest. For me yeah. personally. Yeah, it was, it was all, and it, I became so desensitized to it that I was telling my friend that story recently and she actually pointed out like, it's crazy that they let you spray chemicals on you every day when you were seven. So yeah. you could walk down and like, they sh- could have at least walked down there, you know, something, but. Nope. What did, what did they do all day? Did they work? Like, were they out of the house or they were just like sitting around? Um, her husband worked. Yes. Um, he was gone, you know, from 6am to probably 5pm. My mom stayed home 
constantly. Um, she would just sit on the couch, watch, you know, Judge Judy, whatever was on, and drink. They drank constantly. Um, she They did shots of whiskey like, like it was water. Um, and she was very much a f- like a Facebook addict when it came to those like Mafia Wars games and weird things like that. Um, so she spent all her time online um, drinking on the couch in, in the piles of garbage. Jeez. So you alluded to before, like getting older, having a boyfriend, starting to really, I guess, feel that sort of embarrassment and knowing this isn't a normal situation to be in. So how did you begin to break away from this? Because you were still a child, right? Uh, Yes. So I luckily around that time, um, I had an aunt move close to my house and it was kind of perfect timing because that's when my parents um, really started letting the utilities um, be turned off so I couldn't even shower or wash clothes. Um, so I would go down there. I would try to stay there nights before school, shower. Um, when I did clean clothes, I would um, tie them in a garbage bag when I took them home to try to conceal them from the air of the house because it, I just constantly smelled awful, like, you know, like cat urine and the bullying from that was relentless. So it was just, my first steps were just trying to go somewhere else to be clean. Um, But eventually that led to me just running away one night. Where did you go when you ran away? Um, I went, I I left with a friend. I packed up a little bag. Um, I stayed with her for about two weeks and then, I moved in with my aunt um, until I turned 18, and then I wanted to go back to my original school because it's where I had gone since kindergarten. Um, I had to enroll myself as homeless to have my own educational rights um, to be in charge of them, I guess, and I couch surfed um, in my little town for the, the rest of the year so I could graduate. Wow. Were your parents like worried about you at all or did they try to get you back home? Um, yes. So at the time I ran away, my mom was actually in Tennessee. She had met a man online and took off down there to, to stay with him for a little while. Um, and my dad, um, he, he tried to, to put up an argument about letting me move with my aunt because he had to sign paperwork saying that she had educational rights over me so she could be my guardian. Um, he tried to drag me out of her house and force me to go home. Um, it was dramatic, um, but he eventually signed the papers and my mom was still in Tennessee, so she couldn't do anything about it. Jeez. Wow. Uh, so, You did end up graduating, which is incredible that you did all that for yourself and got out. Uh, What happened after that? And I'm just like really curious what happened with the just the relationship with your parents. And, you know, when did you kind of really you mentioned therapy before, too. So like when did you really start reflecting on this and like, you know, realizing like the trauma and, and like what a childhood like that, you know, was, or the fact that it, you know, wasn't normal? Like, how did you start kind of exploring that? Um, well, I, 
after I graduated, I reconnected with my parents. And um, at that point, my mom's mom was sick. So they had moved in with her to take care of her. And they let the old hoarder house just eventually be sold because of taxes. Um, And they just destroyed my grandmother's house in uh, the matter of like a year or so. And it was almost as bad as where I grew up. Um, Right then I had a a son and um, she was also an alcoholic, like I said. So we got into a stupid fight one night and my son was four months old and she threatened to like try to take me for grandparent rights if I wouldn't let her see him. Just stupid stuff. Um, So that night I blocked her number and that was seven years ago. We haven't spoken since. Um, So um, I, it was probably a year ago that I realized how much the hoarding specifically affected me. Um, and I've been doing EMDR therapy weekly, um, to, to reprocess that. And it's, it's interesting because it ties into so many other things. Like, um, it makes me feel, it's not just growing up in the hoard. It's, it makes you feel less important because you're not taken care of. It gives you a, like abandonment issues. There's just so many other things that it's not just like, oh, I grew up in a horde and it was rough. It really affected a lot of things mentally. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like, <clears throat> I mean, like you said, to feel like, yeah, this is a dirty place to grow up in, but like, why is it this way? And then also earlier you said there were times where you felt like, it was partially your fault that that house looked that way. Um, mm-hmm. And you were kind of like, sort of convi- like they were trying to convince you that it was partially your fault or something like that, even as a child. Um, so yeah, I can only imagine like, you know, what that's like. And, you know, as far as like right now, are you still, you know, doing that therapy? What kind of place are you in? And also like, what are some of the, I guess, daily struggles that you sort of deal with as a result of that? Um, yeah. So I do therapy every week. Um, I think therapy is awesome. I think everyone should do it. Um, but especially me. Um, and I, um, I was recently diagnosed with complex PTSD from childhood trauma. I didn't really, you know, in my head, I was always like, I, it wasn't that bad. There are people that were way worse. There's no way I have PTSD, but, um, yeah, I mean, everyone's experience is different and your trauma is valid and mine really messed with my head. Um, some of the kind of current struggles are, um, I think this isn't talked about enough either is the hoarding tendencies when you grow up in a hoarder house. Um, I didn't know the the value of anything. Um, I cling on to like every piece of artwork my kids bring home because Mm. I have nothing from my childhood. It was all destroyed. I didn't know how to clean properly until I was 19. I mopped a floor for the first time. Like um, there were just so many weird side effects kind of that you wouldn't like you would think, oh, I got out of this dirty house and I'm never going to let my house be anything other than spotless but it's a lot harder than that when you don't know how to Hmm. clean or to value anything at all so that's really interesting yeah like being a mom yourself now in in that position uh i i also i don't just 
want to brush over. You mentioned EMDR therapy. I've heard that before. What is, is that like? So don't they like do something with like your eyes or it's like a very specific type of therapy, right? What is that? Yes. Yeah, so it's eye movement, um, desensitate. Hmm, I forget what the f- words are, but it's, it basically, it um, triggers your brain into thinking that you're in rapid eye movement, like REM sleep. And because that's when you process everything that happened. And if you go through something that's that traumatic, there's just not enough time in sleep to process it. Um, so essentially it triggers you into that. And it's, it's really wild. You just start with one little thought of, of something traumatic and you do the eye movement, or you can also do like taps on your chest to do it. And, um, your brain just kind of takes you on this. You'll picture something or you'll remember this very specific thing and, I don't know. It kind of just goes where it goes. And every minute or so you stop the eye movement and talk a little bit about it and then jump into whatever popped up and you just kind of keep going until you process it enough that it doesn't affect your daily life anymore, that you can look back on it and say like, that sucked, but I'm okay now. Wow. Yeah. It's eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. Um, Wow. And that's allowed you to kind of really uncover repressed memories that you otherwise don't, don't think that you would have even been able to access in your mind. Yes. Um, so I can talk about how bad the horde was, but it was very hard to picture it for a long time. Um, to give specifics about the garbage, I just remembered like blurs, like it was almost like little black and white picture motion, like old, old movies like flickers and um i didn't remember the the intestinal worm medical neglect um things like that and they just kind of come up and i i know it works for all kinds of trauma for people bring up repressed just everything things that you wouldn't think that even happened like i'm surprised by some of the things i remember because i'm like wow that was bad (laughs) No, yeah, that's that's fascinating. I've I've heard some stories about that before, and um, yeah, people say very similar things about kind of accessing memories or being able to relive moments that uh, they probably wouldn't have been able to get themselves to otherwise. But um, wow, it's it's really amazing to hear that you're in a better place now. That's for sure. Um, considering just even in you know the past twenty minutes or whatever it's been of uh, what your childhood look like. So we, we always love to hear that. And it seems like, um, you're, you're doing an amazing job just in your day to day now. And, you know, is there anything that you would want to leave listeners with, or maybe people who are kind of going through this themselves? I mean, I, I, this feels like one of those disorders that's probably more common than we think. It's so like literally behind closed doors that in some cases you would never know who is hoarding or what children are maybe growing up with hoarder parents. Um, and just anything that you'd want to say, you know, to, to someone going through this or even someone who maybe has gone through this in their childhood. Um, well, first I've said it once, but therapy is awesome. Um, don't underestimate the, the power that it has to potentially help. You have nothing to lose. Um, And 
it, this is way more common than you think. There are communities online for adult children of hoarders. Um, that's really where I found out that this that there are other people that lived like I did. Um, and that gave me a lot of healing. Um, and then just the last thing is if you see something, say something. There are so many people that knew in my town how I grew up, maybe not the full extent, but they knew it was neglectful. They knew we were dirty and not taken care of. And if one person would have said something, it could have been different. So. Yeah, wow. for sure. Well, again, we, we appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us. Um, especially because I feel like the only real, uh, exposure that most people, um, and that's just a guess because it's been my exposure to hoarding has been, you know, those TV shows that kind of exploit it. And it, it's more like making fun of it, but not really talking about the effect it has on the people who are just kind of bystanders to it. Um, which is, you know, obviously that could have a, a, a wild effect, especially when there's children, uh, in the house. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking to us ab about this and, you know, spreading awareness about it as well. Yeah. Thank you for, um, giving me the platform to do so. This is the first time I've been able to really publicly say anything about it. And, um, I'm excited. I hope maybe just one listener relates and feels less alone. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we appreciate you trusting us with your story. Uh, we, we always love to hear that and we're more than happy to give you the space. So yes. And as we always say, uh, I know our guests are always humble, but this will affect way more than just one person. So don't worry about that. And thank you. And, you know, we wish you just the best of luck with everything going forward. No problem. Thank you so much. <laughs> All, right, All right. Have, have a, a great one. day. You too. Bye. Bye. So that was probably a little worse than I thought it was going to be. I've always like, you know, I've seen the TV shows about hoarders and I've seen, I've been in also some people's houses and you're like, there's a lot of stuff around, but nothing like that. Like when, once it starts crossing a line of like, there's bags of garbage everywhere. That's like months old. There's animal shit everywhere. Like in the bathroom, using that as a litter box. And if you wanted to, you know, I've been spraying your legs down for fleas when you're like going into the basement and like Just flies to walk around in your own home. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is so damaging. Like it's so bad. And I, I can't even imagine how, you know, that would, you know, that effect it has. And especially like from an outsider's perspective, when you see something like that, you, you're really just thinking about the garbage and like, this should be cleaner or whatever, but you're not thinking about the psychological effect that has on the children, like, you know, and that's a great point that she brought up of like the neglect, the abandonment of like, my, did my parents not care about me? Did my parents like, they don't give a shit like to keep this clean or to worry about me? Like, it's, yeah, that's a lot. It, it's truly just a perspective that I have never thought of or, or didn't expect to hear from in terms of the child of hoarders. And like, mm -hmm. I didn't know that there were stages or levels to hoarding and just like, for anyone listening, like you just Google level five hoard or like level five hoarding and you will get, uh, you'll get a sense of like what this house could have looked like. And, you know, even just reading like stage five hoarding, like what that means as growing up, uh, growing up as a child in that, just like fire hazards, like sections of your own house that you can't even access, no electricity, running water, like 
the feces, whether it's like human yeah. or animal, I mean, like that is so extreme on every single level. It's wild. And, you know, really great guest to have on that was able to escape that, you know, it's always unfortunate to hear if when a relationship dissolves, you know, with parents, you know, maybe she seems like she's in a good place, you know, maybe that had to be the case for her. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it seems like she's really, um, not suppressing this anymore. The therapy is really interesting, especially that very specific therapy she goes to. And, um, yeah, just, it's just always good to hear for anyone to say like, no, you know what? Like I did have it bad, like to validate their own feelings and trauma and, and understand like this was not normal and to go through and do the work to understand it's not their fault. And, uh, you know, how to just go on day by day, step by step, having lived something like that, uh, it's just always great to hear. And like we told her, it will certainly affect just more than one person hearing this. Yeah, of course. And, and to be, however old she was, I think 17 when she ran away to like have the wherewithal and the courage to be like, I need to just get out of this situation, even though it was something like this, like you grew up in it. So it was like your normal, but then realizing this is not normal and then running away from that, knowing that it's for your own good, like that just takes a very strong person to, to do. So, um, yeah, we appreciate her coming on and, and telling the story. Definitely, uh, an interesting episode for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, for anyone out there that would like to be a guest on our podcast, please email us at oplpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us your story and um, we'll get back to you. Yeah, no, we really encourage you guys to reach out, uh, shoot an email. We read them all. And uh, yeah, we're still collecting for this season, for upcoming seasons. So definitely just hit us up, even if you're doubting it. And follow us on Instagram, TikTok, at OPL Podcast. Again, thank you to the patrons. We were just able to make that recent donation, and we've got more coming up. So that's patreon.com slash OPL show. If you want to help support and uh, have your monthly $5 donation, go towards these charitable ventures. So thank you, guys. Yep. See you guys next time.